Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and this is Oh, That's, that's My Gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 11. Wow, we're still Double, here. double digits. Again. We are. How are you doing, husband? I'm good, husband. How are you? I am well, blessed, and highly favored. Amen and amen. I know that's right. Same here. Yes, welcome, friends. We are happy to be here with you on this lovely, beautiful, wonderful day. It's very exciting. We're back fresh from our vacation and can't wait to discuss everything but first you guys know what time it is let's get these cocktails ready and while you are gathering your libation we will tell you our libation choice for this evening husband what are you having i am having a nice cold glass of moscato because that's all that i have left What are you having? <laughs> you need to re-up on your, your supply? Yes, I need to re-up on my supply, but it's I, since we've been back, I've been busy. Right. Okay. I am having a vodka, which is not Michael, not Jermaine, not Jackie, but one of the other brothers, and ginger ale. Yum. Okay. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and give this toast to this wonderful episode. Let's toast it let's up. Clink, 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 clink. Clink, clink, clink. Look in the eyes. Oh. We did not do that. There you go. All Sorry, right. I was being a producer. All right. All right. Yes, that was delicious. So, we went to Puerto Vallada. We stayed at a beautiful gay resort yes, for we our did. cousin Brandon's birthday. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing time. Our first time actually being there. And. What did you think getting off the plane and being in the airport and being offered margaritas and marijuana tequila just within five minutes <laughs> well, after passing customs? Well, I mean, the airport, it, it was it was what it was. I hate airports, so it wasn't it, nothing will be a, mem- a memorable uh, thing for me at airports. But it was a lot of people. It was hustle and bustle. We got served uh, shots, which was very nice. But even with it being in an airport, it was like, okay, this is kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, surrounded by people. It was a very nice gesture. It was. And delicious shots, if I may add. They were. And it was a nice way to just kick off what the weekend was mm. supposed mm. to be about, you know. Um, we had the tequila in the bag that we got from Duty Free already. So, we had that on deck. And the beautiful people gave us some more tequila and some cannabis Tequila, I want to say. Cannabis no, we had mar- margaritas. Excuse me, we had margaritas, and then it was cannabis tequila, which it was really tasty and really good. I didn't feel no effects of being high from it. But. Yeah, I don't think that it really was. I think it was just green, so they <laughs> went with cannabis infused because it sounds good to tourists. They could have called it the Hulk. They could have. Yeah. So, while we were there, we were driving to the beautiful resort, and, you know... um. There were some scary moments in the van of driving. I, apparently, we've come to find out that there is no signaling. People just merge and go, and you are going to respect my car and get the fuck out of my way. So, we didn't drive ourselves. We had a driver um, that drove like the locals would drive. And the way they drive is by not signaling or waiting or it's really interesting. It's kind of like they're all thinking the same thing. And when one person darts out, the other person just lets them. And it just by the grace of God, no one has any collisions. It's really 
fascinating to watch because it's kind of like a dance that everyone's just on the same accord with. Right. Uh, it would not happen here in America. Someone would kill someone or like shoot someone. Right. Uh, but there it it works. Yeah. It's just part of the culture, I, I guess, because we've been to different parts of Mexico and it's pretty much the same thing. So, you know, good times. And so once we arrived to the beautiful resort, um, it was nice. It was very interesting to find out that the staff who worked there are not all homosexuals. So I was kind of shocked by that. I thought they were gay friendly. So clear or they had to be or they pretended to be. But I was just kind of taken back. I thought that maybe that there would be more LGBTQIA people who work there besides um, the ones that we saw. But we came to find out that they were contracted and everything. So, well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you were to really think about it, it would be a form of discrimination to hire just homosexuals to work know. there like if someone like that would have to be a prerequisite like i'm sorry but are you a homosexual before i give you this application Listen. um it would have been nice you know cool but again it it didn't change anything for us because it's you know no it didn't i i guess i was just looking at this is not also a clothing optional type of situation so i think if it had been that then that would have been a little different because again you want to be comfortable around your own people and, and your own kind so for that aspect for myself i'll speak for myself so um we met some wonderful people uh you know kind of kiki with some folks here and there the f four days we were there yeah yeah so did that of course it was a lot of Chilling in the pool. It was a lot of chilling in the pool. Um, it was multiple pools. It was a party pool that, you know, had loud music, bass thumping. Everybody kind of just laid out looking sexy. There was a more reserved infinity pool that played, you know, the ambient gay music. In you. <laughs> where you could just kind of relax and look at the sunset. We partook in both. And it was, it was an amazing time. We met really cool people at both pools one thing i have to say about this resort it didn't have that sense of clickiness of course there were groups of people of friends that were there together but everyone for the most part if you know you came up close to someone or you drifted towards someone everyone spoke and everyone was open and welcoming which was really nice and refreshing coming from you know la where everyone just kind of hates everyone <laughs> yeah um that was true and i think that people could have spoke a little more um you know i was just surprised that it wasn't i guess as I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, communal, as I thought it probably would be. I think that still gay men, we still judge each other and, and kind of are skeptics. and Because, you know, it was times where we spoke to people and they spoke, but we had to initiate that. And I think that's just a thing for myself personally was like, well, shit, like I see you. I know you see me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to always be the first one to initiate shit. That's what I'm finding out later in life that I'm tired of doing that shit. So I'm not doing it no more. But all in all, good situation. We explored the city. Uh, we went to some gay strip clubs, which I was here for all of that and the shenanigans. And it was funny enough that they had two right next door to each other. I 
thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, I normally am not a stripper person because I don't really see the point in giving you money to see something I can, like, see at home. But I was here for these strippers because they were aggressive, which was kind Extremely of exciting. Aggressive. It was kind of exciting. I'm not going to lie. I was excited for you. Because it's like you didn't know what would happen. Like you didn't know they want to choke you out or No, well they weren't that aggressive. <laughs> like they weren't that type of aggressive where it was like, do you want to fucking lap dance? It was more so like I'm here, look at my dick, give me a tip. I'm here, let me touch you, you touch me. Yeah. Like it wasn't any of that. No touching the strippers. It was them grabbing your hand, putting it on their pecs, and being like oh, yeah. You want a you, you want, want a private that, dance? Or you want to get your dicks up? Yeah, it was a lot of just walking in, like attacking me. Um, some attacking you, just like you want your dicks up. You want to eat some ass, uh, you know. And I think the ones who didn't have that much to show were more aggressive. I remember one cat that was like, "Dude, like you, I don't want to touch your dick." Like. But it was fun. I think it was interesting. How was it? That was the first time I think you and I have ever been in the sit. Well, the second time situation with strippers. Um, and that's being right there and, and having someone try to give a lap dance to your husband or, you know, seeing that. So how did you feel about that? Um, I was perfectly fine because, you know. I'm just super confident. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't. <laughs> not doing, ain't got shit to do with confidence. I'm just saying. Like, oh, I, mean, well, I mean, well, what does it have to do with? Well, no, like, I'm just asking. Like, I'm just asking. Yeah, like, but I didn't, I, I didn't have any, like, it wasn't a thought. I guess I can say, like, it wasn't like, my husband's here. It's like, yeah, you're going to be here all weekend. So <laughs> that wasn't, you know, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a to-do for me. Okay. How was it for you? Um, it was cool. It wasn't no major situations. Um, you know, I think I'm all about, you know, respect and everything like that. I mean, so again, if someone was either getting out of hand with me or you, then that would have been a problem. Um, but no, it was fun. Um, again, I liked it. You got a lap dance. Oh, you actually got a private VIP dance. Child. <laughs> what if that's and what you want to call it? One. Yeah. So, you know, I was looking for one for me, but uh, it was only one that I, I kind of wanted, but everyone, everyone said he had a fake ass. His ass wasn't fake. I touched it. It wasn't fake. What did that have to do with your private dance, though? What everyone else said. <laughs> so what? No, you said I wanted to have a private dance with the one with the fat ass, but everyone else said his ass was fake. What did that have to do with you getting a dance? It didn't have nothing to do with it, but also my, pay, my pesos was low because we did the money conversion roll. <laughs> You know, we um, normally we go to Mexico and we get about a hundred singles and and hundred singles, and unfortunately we didn't have time to do that. So we had other in currency going on and it was other the numbers of currency, and it was just I was out. It was running low. I'm surprised wanted, they didn't bring out the square chip readers yeah. uh, and let you swipe for a private dance. No, I wasn't trusting my card swiping up in there. So, but. We went there uh, three days in a row. Mm -hmm. It was one that I thought that would be a little better. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, anthropology. I thought that one would be a little better. I like well, the stage of it, but... Well, yeah, this particular not club uh, that you speak of, it was actually like far off away from, I guess you would say, what the gay strip was. The all the, it was uh, less than or, half a mile away. But all of the other bars and clubs are literally like on the same street that span three blocks, but they're literally all right there. And this third strip club was three blocks away, but it was three blocks away 
on its own. Like there was no other, <laughs> there was no other bar or club near it. So yeah. unless you're specifically wanting to go there, there was like kind of no reason to stumble there. And we saw that once we arrived, and there was no one but us. But also was on the Sunday too, to that to their credit. So I think going back, if I was ever to go back to support, no, not when that, what if I were ever when I go back to support of Ayada, I am definitely going back Thursday or at least Wednesday to Monday. You know, one day prior, kind of relax. Thursday to Sunday, party my ass off, and then one day to kind of. Mm. Oh yeah, that sounds like a a, a good action plan um it is definitely a location that i can see myself going back to uh as well because it was it was fun it was fun and if you don't want to go you know for drinking you can go for the dancing there was a lot of bars and clubs that actually played you know good music yeah i feel like it would depend on the night that you go but it it was a little bit of something for everyone romantic scenery you know it was a lot of singles if that's your thing it was it was just a wide variety that i i really appreciated because again it was all it was so gay friendly yeah it really was the town was really town. just Rainbow All flags everywhere. Yeah. And I've heard about that, but it was interesting just to see it and also to see it in a third world country was really interesting to me um, being there. And then also had thoughts was like, well, it's interesting that we have went to it. I assume I would say Mexico, certain parts are third world country there for vacation. So it was just kind of like it made me think about other trips that we've taken different places and, and have they, if they are third world countries and going there and, you know, pro, uh, providing some resources and funds for their economy. But I feel, I guess my question to you is like, do we feel like we're taking advantage of them because we can go there and live like King, let's say like Thailand, like we can go there certain places and ball the fuck out. Cause our currency, you know, exchange rate is higher from the U S dollar to their currency. Mm -hmm. So, I guess I'm just looking at like, do is there a sort of guilt that comes with that? I kind of thought about that as we were driving certain places and looking at the scenery and how some people were living, especially people walking up to us, like asking for money, mm -hmm. although that happens out here in LA, but it was just a different feel. Like they seemed like they really needed that type of assistance. So what's your thoughts about that? Um, I don't, I, I, I don't feel guilty or feel like we were taking advantage because at the same time we weren't abusing you know our I guess you could say status or the fact that you know our money exchange exchanges at a different rate we weren't being rude we weren't um you know destroying the town it was like we were very respectful to everyone that we came across and we enjoyed ourselves within respectful limits of you know the country and the town i'm not saying we weren't being i'm not saying we we're being disrespectful i'm just saying as far as no no no. i'm just saying like as i i'm framing it in i don't think that we did anything to take advantage that would warrant you know taking advantage of the situation okay. i'm saying what we could have done to take advantage would be being disrespectful being you know obnoxious or rude to the townspeople right we didn't do any of that so i don't think that we were taking advantage of it okay i guess i'm just looking at far as quality of life like we have we're blessed to to be able to do these type of things and so probably people who live in those 
cities, places, third world countries, they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go to come across our way and live and do the same things that we do it as we did in their country. That's pretty much where my thought process was. So, but all in all, we had a great time. <laughs> so, um, we came back to some information that was not shocking and or new to, I'm going to say if you were born in 1978 to about 1984, um, nothing shocking to us about this person we're about to mention. Tevin Campbell finally came out at the age of 45. Congratulations. Good for him. It's never too late. Girl, we knew already. <laughs> okay, the kids knew. If you've been, if you lived in LA, you're from LA, black LA, black gay LA. And you ever went to the study while it was there, went to Griffith Park on Sundays, did the whole at the beach for, Ju for July 4th and cruising the park and knowing the whole situation. You knew you heard stories about Tevin Campbell being at Griffith Park and getting caught in the bathroom, allegedly sucking dick. So, you know, the children knew, at least the ones I knew and everything. But congratulations. No Sade to him. Um. He's embracing his gayness and it's great that he has felt comfortable enough to do it at this age. I think he made a statement about feeling comfortable now and mentioned at that time in his life growing up in the industry. He couldn't really say that or be that. But there were so many different artists who were gay, Luther, Freddie Jackson. But were they out? <laughs> the people knew. Right? The, the same, girls know that. That's I mean, the part for me. The same situation that Tevin. That was he was in, right. I'm just, I'm just saying they weren't. They weren't out to the public. But again, people knew about it. People who were close to them. People who seen them in clubs. I mean, hell, I remember being 17, 18 years old. I saw Carl Lewis in the club. I was like, oh my god. I was like, Carl Lewis is in the fucking gay club. And the guys who I was with at that time were like. We all know this, like, but it's a hush, hush, keep secret type of thing. So, um, so I understand what he was talking about, but I think at some point in your life was like, well, shit, you gonna live in the closet forever, you know? So, are you for, or are you for him coming out at forty five, or do you think it's something that he should just kept to himself? I mean, I'm great. For, I'm I'm happy that he's able to say live in his truth finally at this point mm -hmm. but i'm just saying the girls knew already like mm -hmm. the people knew you know so in the gay world i'll say that maybe not hetero world but the gay world we knew this information already so it's mm -hmm. kind of like you telling me the sky is blue like i know it's blue <laughs> yeah but great you know like you finally feel comfortable and confident enough to live in your truth as a gay man so of course i applaud any gay any person who wants to come out and live in their, their truth and i applaud people who want to stay in the closet and live it to now. It's your life. I don't give a shit. But you know, um, I know that I choose to live my life fully and out live and in color. And I implore everyone else to do the same. But you know, uh, who am I? I know. Uh, I looked at the clip earlier. He actually mentioned that he came out to his friends and family at nineteen. It was just the world that you know he didn't feel obligated to come out to. Um, and I think it's great that he did at 45 because it's showing people that aren't in the know, you know, it's showing people that weren't born in that age range that you mentioned 
that maybe want to become a singer or that is currently a singer right now that it's okay like it's okay to live in your truth and be an example to you know the gays coming up like one thing that I understand about Queen Latifah, <laughs> you know, not wanting to put her business is not she's not obligated to share her business with anyone that she doesn't want to. But at the same time, representation matters. And so many young girls, women, if she were to be like, yes, I'm gay, suck it, would be like, you know what? I can do that, too. Right. I want to be in entertainment so I don't have to sacrifice who I love for what it is that I want to do. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. It's never too late. Um, I think, I hope at least that this will kind of shed light to some of the other people currently in the industry that could definitely come out. I know that it won't because Tevin is not in a situation career wise to really you know, bust down doors. It's like, of course, you can come out now. No one cares. Um, there, no this isn't a high stake situation. But you I know, mean, I mean, listen, we all still gonna sing that song. Can we talk at every concert when they the DJ plates puts it on? All black people, all people, all races know that song, and we all sing it in unison. And it's a beautiful thing, and the chorus happens. So, I'm happy for him. Like you said, um, I wish Medea would come out. And if y'all know who I'm talking about, then you know who Medea is. I feel like Medea's platform is so great that it would knock down so many doors, like what you mentioned about the younger kids struggling with themselves and their life choices that they're making and being comfortable and not trying to commit suicide. So, you know, such is life. And talking about life and some person who is struggling right now. In the media, Wendy Williams had an article in The Hollywood Reporter. Did you read that? I did. It was a heartbreaking article to read because we are two huge Wendy Williams fans. We actually went to a taping of her show a few years back. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Right before COVID. Like right, right before be COVID no, really, right, really happened. Literally, like, like, literally. The year COVID popped off. Like two right weeks before. before, there was like yeah. shut down the world. Right before people started, uh, really, the numbers started getting crazy. We went, had an absolute ball. We were standouts. Yeah. You were picked uh, for a question of the day. That's Wendy. And she touched That's my jacket. Wendy. Came back, was touching me. Yeah, she was like rubbing on you. She actually requested that I come and dance for her. And twerked on her. And twerked her. on her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everybody was really nice to us. They called us the shiny jacket twins. Shiny because jacket twins. Yep. we went dressed to an impress. Shut that shit down. Shut it down. Have the time of our lives. One of my favorite memories. But reading this article... There's clearly something wrong with Wendy that her immediate circle does not want to get out. The producers of the Wendy Williams show, they met with her multiple times in person, separately. There's two producers, like main, you know, okay. people, executives. And they ended up telling having to tell her the same story multiple times. And every time she reacted as if it was her first time hearing it. That, okay we're going to have to go into another direction. Wendy Williams, the show, can no longer remain. And every time she heard this, it was like her first time hearing it. Um, they told her, 
you know, absolutely we would love to have you back, but we would need a doctor's note clearing you and saying that you are, you know, within mental capacity to work. She never provided really? that. Her nor her camp ever provided it. Um, and she found out that her show was being canceled watching the last episode. So... The last episode with Sherry uh, on there? The yeah. last episode with Sherry on there. The last episode of the Wendy Williams show. Yeah. That's when she found out the show was being canceled. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, which is absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, she expected to go back to work. Like, she thought that she was going to go back and sit in the purple chair. And <laughs> she literally turned on the TV and saw Sherry Shepard giving, like, her speech that Wendy is amazing and seeing all of her employees standing there um, basically bidding farewell to the Wendy Williams show. Right. So it's definitely something, I think that it's more than lymphedema. I think that it's more than alcoholism um, because of course those things, not that I, I'm a doctor but I don't think those things drastically affect your memory or capacity to retain information well she does have a thyroid so thyroids can cause some other ailments also with neurological so I, i'm not a doctor but i'm an animalized therapist so i do know some stuff but you know her having a thyroid and, and maybe some other medical conditions could again have some neurological aspects of mm -hmm. her memory or the way she presents herself so um well Wow, that, I'm sorry to hear that. I know it's so it's unfortunate. Really um, she is supposed to be coming out with a podcast of her own, okay. but even that is like not set in stone. They've just been doing marketing and posts about it, but there's like no as of this moment. There's like no guests lined up, or I don't even think that there's like an actual company like backing the podcast. Right. Is, like is she insurable? I'm sorry. I'm like, is she insurable? Like, you know, that's the thing. I don't. I honestly don't think that that she is at this point. Um, because as of recent, there's been a lot of videos of you know her um, on the Fat Joe uh, Instagram Live saying that she's married to a police officer, right? And everyone in her camp saying she's not married, and then her coming back on a separate interview with Fat Joe saying, despite what everyone says, I am married and I am happy. And then them coming back again after that saying, Insane. she's still not married. Um, yeah. And those are people wow. that are supposed to be in her corner. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess you're just going to have to stay tuned. I hope that, I just hope that she gets the help that she needs. And Yeah, well, prayers up for Wendy. You know, um, again, any the one dealing with any type of mental health issue whether it, it could be um, from a medical standpoint or just organically, you know, you just want to make sure that they are supported and get the proper treatment that they need. So prayers up to Wendy on that. And right now we're about to pay some bills and we'll come back with the reality roundup. BRB folks. All right, we're back. Hey, y'all. Y'all miss this? So what are we getting into first? 
Real Housewives of Atlanta because they have been bringing the fire. They've been pretty consistent these last two weeks. I'm proud of them. The last two episodes mm-hmm. of a season of what? Probably 15. But happy to be here with them. And so we are still in Jamaica. And boop, boop, boop. Sonia is annoying as fuck. Let me just say that right out front. I don't want to go on a trip if a host is like Sonia, don't invite me. I'm not going. I'm staying Yeah, that home. kind of negates the entire purpose of having a vacation. Like, if you're going to be so structured and you need, like, a lunch break and a 15, you should have just fucking stayed at work. <laughs> right. At least you could be accruing PTO. But on a vacation right. where it's so structured, I can't. That's what I'm not about. Yeah, the, okay, we have to, and I get being places at a certain specific time or certain time if, if there is a planned activity. However, you have to lead time for leeway and people again some people are late starters but we see that we she shows that she's going on a tour of kingston she shows us where she grew up um her stadium where she first ran her first big race she also took them to an ice cream parlor in kingston which is apparently a really popular place i would have been pissed off if someone was like hey let's just go get some ice cream in jamaica like there's so many other things to see so but at the stadium we have drew and marlo who would have fucking thunk that they need to put on some clothes to run a A they did a maybe a 50 yard dash 50 yard 50 meter situation race either way gracious sonya had a uh her usa uniform for drew to put on um Photo finish situation, Marlo beat Drew. Let's just call yes. it what it was. Marlo beat Drew. And Drew thought in her mind she would do a celebratory, I don't know, lap or something. And she took about three steps, fell down. Come to find out, she tore her ACL. Ouch. I would have been pissed as fuck. Like, first of yeah. all, I don't want to run. And now I have a tor- torn ACL because on top you, of this in a whole different country. You know that the producers probably put that into Sanya's ear. She was like, that will be a great idea for Jamaica. Um, and had them do that dumb shit. It was such a filler. It was n- unnecessary and poor girl is hurt. Seriously. Seriously hurt. <laughs> from, from this foolishness. Right. And you know, Drew, hope you recovered well. You know, um, so sad to see that this happened to you. They exploited you once again. But, you know, that's what it was. And so we moved to Sonya again, having her business meetings. And so she invites all of the girls and, say, and leaves an open-ended invitation saying, Hey, if you guys want to show up tomorrow to my photo shoot, the bus is leaving at 9.30. If you don't, there's a catamaran that's happening at 12 o'clock. Your pick. You know, dealer's choice. She did specifically point out wanting Kenyan Sheree to be there, though. She did. But she said it's still yeah, she's your still, choice yeah. if you choose to want to partake in it. And the girls did. <laughs> Cut to 9.30. Only person on the bus is Marlo. Mm-hmm. And Kenya is just opening the blind saying this is a beautiful view yeah, and like, she was completely unbothered <laughs> this entire right. episode and i do not fault her i love it. it and sheree was on the beach talking to you know like hey let's have a cocktail 
And so we see that they get to the photo shoot and all, only person is there is Marlo. So um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like Sonya should have a reason to be upset with them? Or do you feel she would just kind of say, okay, you know, hey, you guys chose not to be here. That's fine. I don't think Sonya has a right to be mad at them whatsoever. Um, it was like a hot topic between Marlo and Sanya, but if you remember, it actually was Sheree that now that she could have been pretending uh, to be angry that Sanya had left. She was like, "I was calling you. I called you three times." Right. Come to find out that somehow Sanya lost her phone or didn't have her phone on her, so there was some miscommunication happening. I don't think that Kenya gave a fuck either way. <laughs> um, but of course, Kenya being the most popular girl in school, Sanya confronted her first and was like, "Hey, what happened? Like, why didn't you come?" And she was, and Kenya started uh, giving her reasoning and dropping, you know, the daughter, the husband, and the divorce. Um, to which Sanya kind of started doubting <laughs> her the legitimacy. She did. She her started claims. to pull out receipts, and you know, said every time you don't show up for me. Well, she didn't say this to Kenya's face. Of course, she on never OTF. Um, You know, every time that I confront her about something, it's always something with Brooklyn or with you know her ex husband Mark. Mark. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm starting to see you know who she really is, and or is she just using this excuse to be a bad girlfriend? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think it's an excuse. I think that. You know, Kenya just didn't care. That's the thing. I think <laughs> that's care. what everyone is missing about this season. This season, Kenya truly does not care, I think, about anyone. I think a lot of her closest... The only person she really cares about is Kenji. Yeah. Cynthia's gone. That was another close friend that she's had over the past seasons. So I think that she views all these other girls literally as just co-workers. And especially the ones that fuck with Marlo, i.e. Sheree. Uh, and Sanya. Yeah. It's like, at the end of the day, she knows that they're probably wishy-washy. They'll go back between both Marlo and Kenya. So she's not invested. I don't blame her. Baby, that January 24th ain't no joke, baby. I understand that one. So then we see that they have a dinner. They get past all the situation. And so all this information comes back to Kenya that Sanya has an issue with her. Via Sheree. Of course, the bone collector is going to do what the bone collector does. Mm -hmm. And she provides this information as I think Drew was talking about something, some type of situation. Oh, Ralph had talked about his book and he read the Ford or he read some entity yeah, I of think it. it was the Ford. And yeah. she was emotional and everything. And <laughs> further down on the table, King is like, wait, she said what about me? Like, what'd she say? Mm -hmm. She what? And so she, she interrupts the whole entire thing. And now there is this kind of back and forth. And Ross then stands, who is Sonya's husband, and stands up. And then he pretty much says, you know, what y'all not going to do is come at my wife. I don't think that was appropriate for him not to get all. into women's business. Not I have a big issue. And in hetero world, when men kind of defend, when there's women business going on, and you step in to defend your wife. If your wife can't defend her own shit, she shouldn't talk shit. Facts. So, you know, um, how do you see that scene happening or playing out for next week? Not good. Uh, one, 
Sanya has been itching for a moment all season. Like she's been, you know, nitpicking at Drew. She thought Drew was going to give her a great, you know, memorable moment. Drew doesn't see it for her in that sense. Um, so she jumped ship there. Um, she's trying to make a moment and she's going, she's trying to make a moment off of Kenya's back. And next week, I think she's going to find out what we all know. And the fact that Kenya's not that bitch when it comes to arguments. She is Shut you down. a thesaurus. She is a wordsmith and she can cut you down. And I don't see Sanya being equipped to handle that, which right. is even more apparent when her husband came to her defense. And it wasn't like other bitches have been dragged on Atlanta much worse than what they were, you know, giving to Sanya. So the fact that he defended her before anything even really popped off, it just goes to show she's not about this life. Yeah, and I think he may be thinking, okay, well, we brought you out here, or iFit brought you out here, and you guys are <laughs> disrespecting her or her time or not looking at, her, you know, the things she has planned for you guys and not showing up and being disrespectful. So... I think that could have been a conversation that they may had or he need to just like poke her, but like you need to kind of step in and say something, you know, but we'll see what happened next week um, with that situation. But moving on to another entity of Real Housewives, let's talk about these Beverly Hills ladies. Let's change zip codes. Let's go. Take so a plane ride. We start back at the charity. Homeless. What's the name of the charity? Homeless, not toothless. Tell Kathy Hilton. Not that. toothless, not homeless. <laughs> not, ho not homeless and toothless, but homeless, not toothless. <laughs> Kathy Hilton, if you're out there listening, I know you're a friend. Kathy, I love you. Uh, but we jump right back into that godforsaken dinner um, where Diana confronts Garcelle. And of course, who chimes in? Renna. Puts her two cents on the entire situation. So, Diana tells Garcelle, I feel like... Not with the accent. <laughs> I feel like you are hard to get to know. And Garcelle's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, bitch, what is this? And Garcelle brought up a really great point. She said specifically, how do we go from Erica lawyers litigation to, to me. me exactly there was no natural progression no. there was no transition garcelle is seeing what we're seeing yeah. the bullshit <laughs> the smoke and mirrors that the other ladies are trying to pull over sutton and garcelle's eyes right um and it was even more apparent when lisa says garcelle do you hear her well first before that garcelle addresses Diana and she says you know like Diana felt like she was closed off to her and so Garcelle's like I feel the same I feel the mm -hmm. exact same way and I think it was there she said I feel because I'm close to set like you you have issue with her you trying to have issue with me and rightfully so and so Garcelle's like listen I'm I'm you know I'm my own person so let's she said you know we try to get to know each other and they show clips of them actually sitting down and saying, like, I, I feel like you genuinely like me, mm -hmm. but there's something that's happening, right? So, like you said, Renna then chimes in and says, you know, Garcelle, what do you hear her say? And Garcelle says, what do you hear her say? <laughs> to which Kathy burst out into laughter. 
Because it's a fabulous response to bullshit. Absolutely. And you really see Lisa put on her soap opera actress mask on. And I honestly think she was trying to fight back laughter. Like, if you really look at her, I don't even think Lisa Renna was buying the shit Lisa Renna was saying. Um, and I honestly don't think that anyone else at that table was buying what she was trying to sell. But what I love what Garcelle did was like, Renna, why didn't you say Diana? Do you hear what Garcelle's saying? I love that for Garcelle because mm -hmm. You can't just play one side. And when you do that to someone, that's showing me that you're showing alliance to that person. Because it's like, you didn't have to. I heard what the fuck she said. Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to reiterate to say, are you listening to her? Basically, basically, what she's trying to insinuate. And it's like, no, show me that same respect. So that's why Garcelle got in that ass a little bit. She put the tip in. <laughs> she had a full throttle. Oh, that shit later on in this episode. But she put the tip in for that moment. Garcelle sees that some of the ladies have a bias yes. against her. And instead of just keeping it real, they like to put that mask up of, let's just move on. We'll be clean slate. So when there's microaggressions that happen against her, Garcelle's like, Garcelle sees them, one, yes. and she addresses them. Not in, a, in, a, in an aggressive manner, but in a manner that says, I see it. I see it, and I'm addressing it. Because you could have easily taken my side, but you chose not to. Right. And I don't know how much longer it will be before she just blows the fuck up at these bitches. Because she's trying to do it tactfully. She's also oh, yeah. knowing that I'm the only black woman on this show. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to show my entire ass or show the way that they may think I should respond to this situation. So she's really trying to keep it cute and keep it mute. But at the same time, she's like, you know what? Since you since you want to give it, I'm going to give it right back to you. And I think that's the, the challenge, the problem that they're having. They've never had no one give it back to them the way that she's doing it. And she's doing it so smartly because she's like laying it right there. She's been in the mirror right there like, no, if you can say this to me, I can say it right back to you. I think she's going to act wild and fill her oats when Cherie gets promoted. Because she's going to be like, you know what? I ain't the only black one no more. Let me let me gather these bitches up. Because right now she has to be the token, right. the token Negro. That is perfect, that is articulate, that is well-spoken. As soon as she gets another one on her team, she's going to be like, no, fuck that. The Haitian about to come that out. That Haitian, Haitian about to come out. That Haitian <laughs> gun. She's about to creel all up and through What I say? Yes. Maboule. All, <laughs> all on them hoes. Um, so that's that with the dinner, yes. Yeah, the dinner moves on, and then we find that Crystal has an issue Um with not being seen and also feeling she has to answer about her eating disorder, mm -hmm. which I feel, I feel so badly for her because it is like she has to tell these ladies every fucking step and she shouldn't have to justify anything to any one of them. She's like, I've been dealing with this since I was 13. Think about that. She's, I don't, she's close to my age, 40, mm -hmm. sure. Since you were 13, you've been dealing with this issue of your body imagery and how you see yourself and to then lay out to have people question that and like to show what well, you need to show me your receipts of what treatment options are you calling who you call your uh, your provider for your insurance who who what receipts are they giving you you know what mm -hmm. referrals and she's just tired of it and i think i love her husband's response 
Basically, like, fuck these bitches. Like, fuck them. Like, much. don't do it for them. Do it for like, yourself. We've got Lion King money. Fuck these hoes. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but my favorite part. Sorry. Man, no, go ahead. To get you off. My favorite part of that scene was resident jokester and all around most just <laughs> fabulosity. Kathy Hilton barging into the house. I don't even think she rung the doorbell. She literally just opened the door. It was like up to the kitchen. Okay, great. <laughs> Sits down, like helps herself, and just sits down at the island and like, what snacks you got? <laughs> I, like, I drove over here. Right, I drove over here. Uh, anybody got uh, just a cracker? Can just I just cracker. get a cracker? She just wanted just one cracker. That's all she wanted. At the end of this uh, sit down, she had to make her an entire fucking charcuterie board. Yes. <laughs> she was like, what about some cheese to go with this cracker, huh? You have a Diet Coke? Right. Ice? <laughs> just, like, just, <laughs> She's just putting her own order in, She's right? literally putting her own order yeah, in. Have her her way. Crystal and her husband scurrying around their kitchen looking for <laughs> shit to feed Kathy Hilton. It was great. Which was really cute. It was really cute. It was perfect. It was a fun moment. It brought the levity to this episode. And I think that's what a lot of the episodes this season has, has missed is that, yeah. you know, the light, especially because we miss Kathy Hilton, we missed the lightness. And yeah. I'm so glad to see Kathy Hilton in her full form this episode. It was great. Yeah, no, it was an um, amazing situation of that and so through the episode moves on it was also we forgot to mention cal's birthday so of course she has her gifts with her girls and they have brought us some roller skates and she talks about that as she you know did it with the jackson kids growing up at their skating ring and everything so that was really cute so then fast forward to move into the 70s so renna decides to have a re re a grand the grand re 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 opening mm -hmm. of her beauty um company basically Rena beauty yeah Rena beauty had a second opening launch party for it which it was just the ladies there but it was a 70s thing and really cute situation and that's where everything goes to the left hand turn everything goes to shit they pretend to like each other for the first few minutes and what really set sets the match off Kyle brings up to Sutton the conversation for the second time um, about her and was it Lisa Renna? Sutton and Lisa Renna. Yes. Because they had previously went to a lunch, Kyle and Sutton, and discussed it ad nauseum and where Sutton was coming from and where Kyle thinks Lisa was coming from. So between the two of them, they came to an understanding. But of course, Kyle being Kyle and doubling as a producer this season, she thought, Bringing it up again would be the best play. And to tag on to that, it was also about the Erica liability situation mm -hmm. in the mix of all the conversation, which Sutton kind of confronts um, Erica again somewhat in it. But earlier in the episode, but this time she talks to Erica after Kyle brings it up and she's like, Erica, you know, I'm going to call you, you know, talk to you privately about some things. And Erica. It's like, no, <laughs> like, please don't like she was trying to keep it cute, but she's like, please don't call me. And which led to that actually happened after Erica and Garcelle, because in the midst of their back and forth, didn't Erica say, no, that happened before, because that's how we got to guard. That's how we got to Erica talking about, um, and I'm the alcoholic because Southern was trying to gather her thoughts and she was like, I'm just trying to and then erica's like and i'm the alcoholic huh 
And so they're laughing like, like what? And she says, you know, but that's narrative you try to put put on, to put out there. And she points to Garcelle Looking about at Garcelle, that. Garcelle, yeah, yeah. And that's when Garcelle's like, oh, I got a clock in for work now. She sits okay, out, I'm ready. She punches in. <laughs> she, and put she, her, punches she, out. she put her social in that box and was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this shit. And Erica issue was with Garcelle. She's having different conversation with the ladies about her drinking situation and asking do they feel like she may have a problem which Garcelle is in her fucking right to ask that question because Erica has been erratic and, and sloppy with her drinking and medication and so cut to the producer showing Garcelle genuinely I feel asking the question like do you feel she's on the right combination do you feel it's too too much uh, alcohol than booze or I mean booze and, and pills or what have you and it goes to shit basically and so Erica talks about you know like why are you trying to put that narrative out there so then Garcelle's family said like you know Erica says you're trying to make me look bad Garcelle's like you can do that all by yourself perfect response to that shit oh right? it was absolutely flawless and I think the reason so Garcelle has gone to Lisa, Kyle, and Dorit the people the closest to Erica to ask these questions about Erica right and I think the main person in this entire group that had the right to be concerned and pose these questions to the other ladies was Garcelle because she is, other than Sutton, the only other woman directly affected by Erica's erratic, drunkard behavior this season. Her boys, one of her boys, was you fuck one of my sons. The other one was told to get the fuck out of here. So, yes, yes if that happened to one of our kids... By someone else, I would go around after I cussed that bitch out, being like, "Is she okay? Is this all right? Because she's doing some fuck shit that we really need to dissect." So yeah. I, I'm confused as to why everyone's so like Garcelle. Where are you coming from with this? She's coming well within her rights. No, Garcelle to like, questions Erica's movements at this point. Yes, Garcelle's like, "Bitch, play with your pushes. Don't play with me. I'm it, not the one or the two. And I'm not the three for next week also. None of the numerical values. (laughs) So, Garcelle gathers Erica. And, you know, it was very... You can see that Erica is is bothered. And she realized that, oh, I have have an opponent Mm. of the same caliber as me. Mm. Because Garcelle is keeping calm. Like, wait, you want to start with me? (laughs) Like, I'm chill, bitch. I was worried about you. But since you want to blow up your life, blow it up. I'm good, you know, so... And I you, can't wait to see how this plays out. And you notice Erica didn't go to her normal tactics of aggression. Oh, and what? Trying, yes. Oh, because what? she's done that in the past. Yes, she she's has. done it to a lot of the ladies. And at that moment, they usually back down. Um, but she knows she couldn't do that shit with Garcelle. Oh, no. So she tried a different tactic that still didn't work against Garcelle. Like, there's nothing Erica can fucking say. You tried to fuck one of my sons. You tried to you told my other son, get the fuck out of here. Like, bitch, I'm coming from you every goddamn, every goddamn time I see you. My foot's on your neck. So we'll see how this plays out. But to wrap up this whole beautiful night, Kathy Hilton mm-hmm. addresses Dorit and talks about you know, the foundation, and she says, at the Toothless and Homeless Foundation dinner, and it's funny because she is being her, but she's not trying to be funny in the moment. She was really trying to yeah. call the, the charity's name appropriately, 
And Dorit took offense to that, but she she kept it cute. She wasn't yes. going to go there with Kathy. <laughs> and so Kathy's like, what What did I say? Yeah. So then What's the big deal? <laughs> Kathy then doubled down and says, I've worked with toothless and I've worked with homeless. People. I've worked with the homeless <laughs> and I've worked with the toothless. One in the like, like. That shit literally so had classic. tears last night. It was so classic. We laughed for breathe. five minutes. I laughed so hard because one, she's so damn serious about it. <laughs> she just wanted, she just wanted to clear it up. But she That's it, and let's put know it out there that she's worked with the homeless and the toothless. So Kathy, you know, continue to work with the homeless and the toothless. She has a spot on my roster next season. All I don't day. give a fuck. And right now we're gonna pay some bills and come right back. All right, you guys. All right, you guys. So we're back, and now we're going to talk about some more people that we love. Let's get to the marriages. Married to medicine. So we find that the ladies are still in Vegas, and so they go to dinner. And But prior to that, everyone's dressed into the nines, and so Contessa decides to wear this very colorful, multi-layered wig, which I am here for that. But she gave some reasoning to it. To it her selection and she mentioned the fact that you know she's md she's a wife and she has so many constraints of life and she just wants to have fun i can so relate to that like you have so much responsibility and things and so when you vacate you want to just let your hair down and just do something completely opposite people wouldn't think you would normally do how do you feel about that do you think that's you think she was in her right to do that or you feel like she shouldn't really be Wearing colorful wigs as a mother in AMD. Oh, I think she should do ex exactly what it is that she wants to do. I feel you should just look cute while doing it. It was an ugly wig, but she the, she blended it nicely. Well, it I mean, Contessa nice. is a beautiful woman, so it, it's hard to make her look bad. Yeah, but like, yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it right. I'm all for her doing the colorful stuff. Express yourself, live your life. Um, but yeah, don't fight your pretty. Yeah, and so. The basis of this episode really is just um, Contessa and Heavenly. Their situation kind of comes almost to a head, but it, it, it's another explosive moment with them. They have brunch at some point, and they're there talking about different things. I think Simone brings us to some, some type of topic about friendship. And again, it just plays out that Heavenly is wrong as shit. The things that she does and her tactics about talking about her friends. And she heavily had a, had a reaction basically saying like, we all talk about each other. We all mm -hmm. talk shit behind each other's back. So what is so different that I'm doing? But she wasn't receiving the lady's input saying like, we're, we're being hurt by the shit that you're doing. Yes. You think it's a kiki for your followers. We're hurt by this. And it kind of got to the point of, them calling each other bitches and fuck you and like Contessa ready to whoop that ass. Oh yeah, she's Contessa's ready to, ready to put them hands on that and, bitch. And what Heavenly is missing is it's affecting the late. It's affecting the other lady so much because they like and care about Heavenly. Right. So they don't want her to say negative things about them. I think if they didn't give a fuck, it wouldn't affect them so much. And I think that's the part that Heavenly, it's not connecting with her. It's like okay, these ladies truly like or love me so much that the words that I'm saying, it is hurting them. So maybe I should stop regardless of if other women are doing it to other women, they may not care about those other ladies as much, but they, for whatever reason, 
really fuck with heavenly or want to fuck with heavenly and they just don't want that side of her and i hope that it connects eventually and i'm hoping that it does next week i'm not sure i don't think heavenly ever really had real friends i I don't think she doesn't know how to really truly be a friend Mm -hmm. and the fact that you are continuously in this cycle of this viciousness that you display to your friend i don't want a friend like that if you're gonna talk shit about me i don't want you in my life so but I am going to talk shit about one particular lady who should not be no longer on this cast or a friend of this cast. And that's Carrie. Because while this whole shit was going down, Carrie said her ass eating strudel and fruit, looking unbothered and not engaging with the woman. The woman had a prayer circle. Carrie's drinking her champagne. She doesn't give two shits. Like, why is Carrie still a part of this show being a friend of? Until she's gone, they start a petition to get her away from the show. But you know, the funny thing is, to see Carrie really had to pause the episode. Like, if you blinked in some scenes, you would miss her. Like, she had absolutely no speaking At all. parts. Um, and the only way we really recognized her is because we paused her. It was like, that's Carrie. I was like, huh? And <laughs> it was like, why is this bitch here? I'm like, nothing. huh? Then you pause it and it's like, oh yeah, that is Carrie. So, I mean, I don't know if the producers paid for her to come and they're like regretting it because she she gave nothing and maybe they are like trying to edit her out. But it is interesting that you have someone who used to be a part of the show. Like she was a full-time cast member season one. Now she's like I would say less than a friend of she's like an acquaintance of because you only see her like in background shots uh, floating around but yeah they could have saved that plane ticket I think it's reverse um, affirmative action could be Bravo so but for the most part of that show that's pretty much really it Um, yeah I think the fighting this (laughs) episode was like a a transitionary episode you know every season there's a few filler episodes that kind of build up drama that's to come and I think that this was this was one so yeah. it was it's not much to dissect it wasn't and they had the fun time they showed them getting back together um they put the issue on ice and the ladies went to downtown Vegas Fremont Street and if you've ever been to Las Vegas and you've ever been downtown to Fremont Street prior to the renovation you wouldn't be caught dead down there. But they now have a zip lining thing that's very fun. We've never done it, but I plan on to the next time I'm in Vegas. And they had a good time. Toya freaked out. She was crying, you know, like Jesus was coming. And, you know, but she did it. So congrats to Toya. And that pretty much sums up Meredith to Medicine. I think next week will be a very interesting episode. Yeah, I think next week will be a bit more meatier to talk about. So, we'll move to another married show, which is Married at First Sight. And we find that the couples have now came back from their honeymoon and they have moved in. So, it's moving day. And they also have the first impressions of each other's homes. And what stood out to me for moving day, everyone had, you know, they were all harmonious and happy and looking at the new apartment, which are very cute apartments in San Diego. But when they got to these houses of their spouse. Very interesting to say the absolute least. To say the fucking least. I think where we should start is where it was the most appalling, which was uh, Mitch's home. Now, <laughs> for someone to be so, I don't want to say he's oh, judgmental, Mitch. but for someone to have such high expectations of his spouse and wasn't 
pleased and a bit disappointed with her, you know, wearing shoes and having on makeup, you would think that he would have all his ducks in a row when it comes to his own shit. Right. That wasn't the case. And his own shit, I probably think he probably saves his shit because he's a, that type of environmentalist. Compost. He had the absolute worst apartment the of worst. all of the couple. But he wasn't, the crazy thing is he wasn't like apologetic about it. He wasn't like, At all. oh my gosh, part in this mess. He was like, yep, this is the casa. This is This it. is where the magic happens. I was like, okay, I see his shower was like, all right, you know, you, you take a shower and then you do your plants. Fine, do your thing, bro. I lost my shit at the stove. It was so disgusting. Sir, you have food that's been there since probably the time you moved in on the stove. You you cooked there. Like, you you know it's there. And you had... The funny thing, he had clean or semi-clean uh, cast bad. iron pots on the stove. It looks like he ate eggs in it. Look. Ugh. It's so disgusting. Like if And it's a white stove. If you know someone who just... Just doesn't. How do you? How do you eat? How did you decide to still cook on that type of stove like that? Like my OCD is bugging me right now, like itching because thinking about that stove. It was disgusting. It looked like he had made like pancakes and you know got batter all over the stove and just left it there. Eggs. It's It's eggs. It's like melted cheese. His fridge was disgusting. His fridge was horrible. And again, he wasn't apologetic about any of it. He was just like, oh, this is my fridge, which is even more of a red flag because it's like, okay, if this isn't something that you are ashamed about, it just means that you just nasty in so many other parts of your life as well. Yeah. Like, do you wash your ass like thoroughly with uh, soap? Yeah, yeah I don't that, think that's so. that's questionable. He, I don't think he uses soap. He uses probably some type of oil or something like that. But he's opposed to like chemicals and things of that sort. But Kristen's face was like, I would never come here ever again. But um, she was so sweet about it. She was. She was. She was a trooper. She was a, a trooper. trooper. She stuck. She thugged that shit out. She was like, Huh? Okay. All right. We can't have this at our place, but yeah. So to me, Mitch's was like the absolute worst. Like that's just all my commentary for for this show on that. But we also saw Nate and Stasia's place, and so Nate walked in looking like, "Okay, bitch, I got some money. All right, all right, I'm married to some money now." He was licking his chops as soon as he walked into her fucking house. He literally was looking around. His you could see the twinkle in his eyes. <laughs> Like, I've hit the jackpot. I no, no longer need to sell fake bags anymore. Right. Um, because I kind of feel like that's what he's still doing. So, looking at her house, of course it was perfect. She's OCD. She's crazy. She has, like, a waiter's tray sitting on her bed randomly at any given time of day. <laughs> um, crazy expectations. We get to his place. He's not as messy as Mitch, but for whatever reason, he put a close second. He put a wine glass with wine remains back into his cabinet. I don't know. Um, I think this was something that the producers planted on Stasha to do because she literally went through his entire house, opening up cupboards and closets and kind of saying what was messy, what wasn't needed, which was a huge trigger for me. Um, it took me back to being like 14 again and my mom going through the house yelling at us about what's not clean enough. Yeah. That's not sexy. 
<laughs> like that I can imagine Nate afterwards was like yeah baby let's be romantic it's kind of like okay you're acting like someone's mother he nah. had a shocked look on, on his face he was looking like I don't know how I should respond to this yeah like is this but he was, but he, he also had this like look of like a little boy yes on his face yeah because yes. he's never because he never had his mom so he you know only had his dad around. That, yes, that is not that saying is I didn't think about. by no means that is that an excuse for a man to be fucking dirty. Your dad should be clean also, but he just had this look of like, uh, okay, she's calling me out of my shit, and I don't have a response to this. So, you know, yeah, like she was like digging through cupboards and throwing shit on the ground. It's like, girl, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I, I. I, he's gonna have some challenges being married to her, and there was another conversation about putting the seat down, and I just I was triggered by that mm-hmm. growing up, you know. So, but we move on to a bigger situation that we both had a visceral reaction to was Alexis and Justin, and they both are doggy parents. Mm-hmm. Justin has a big ass husky. Looks like a husky, maybe. Yeah, a little bit smaller than a husky, but much bigger than Alexis's dog. Right, who she considers a person. Yes. Which I can understand that concept, but at the end of the day, it, it's a still a fucking dog. So, fast forward to them moving in. They introduce their dogs. Well, they don't even introduce their dogs appropriately to each other. They just like, hey, dog, here's your sister. Yeah, here's, here's friend. we're in the new apartment together. Yeah, meet with this cat also. That cat, cat also, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, he has his dog on the leash, her dog's on the leash, going around, and then the collide happens, and his dog snaps at her dog and nips. I'm gonna say nips her eye or nips his eye. Yes. And to the point where her dog eye is red, it's a little blood. So she's worried. She goes to mommy mode and she is calling all the, all the vets in the ERs. Come to find out baby needed a little stitches. So it was a bad situation. But she, I think she responded poorly in that moment of all, of all things considered. It's like, they're still dogs. I get your baby was hurt, but her response to him when he's like, Hey, can I go with you? Hey, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm hurt. Too. I'm hurt that she's hurting right now. Mm-hmm. And her just response was just, just trash poor. Um. Yeah. I, I don't agree with her response, but I mean, I don't want to imagine being in her position and what her mind is going through. I think that they just, it. You know, there's a level of blame on both parts because they should have Googled. <laughs> Even she says we should have Googled doing this before mm-hmm. they actually did it to know the proper way because I don't believe her dog was on a leash but his dog was so that could have made his dog feel okay I'm I need to be a bit more you know protective because I'm leashed up this other dog walking around I don't know you know the the other dog may try to jump me right and they're both two alphas so it was definitely some research that should have taken place on both parts so I don't think that she has the right especially considering that Justin didn't say attack so it's not his fault um but you know emotions were running high that's her little one we've got little ones of our own so I can only imagine but yeah I, I hope that soon after like i hope that this isn't 
a plot point for the next few episodes because it, it really doesn't it should need not to be. be. It should not be because he's take he took his dog to then a trainer for two weeks and he has emotions behind that. And hopefully his dog will come out and not be as aggressive. And so she felt like he lied to her because he didn't mention the fact that she has had situations before, but he's like, and those instances, my dog was being attacked. So she had to be aggressive. So mm-hmm. we'll let it all play out. The last thing we're talking about with this cup, these couples are Stasia and Nate have a conversation about finances with Dr. What? Pastor Kyle. They have a very interesting conversation to where they divulge their salaries. Um, so Nate lets it be known that he makes 150k. Uh, Pastor Kyle asks Sasha how she feels about that. She's like, "It's doable. Like it's work withable." Um, because she says that she makes 450, which is of course much more than 150. <laughs> but she. It's still, you know, his his salary is something that they can still work with um, because she wants to eventually, or well, sooner than later, have kids. But his whole thing, um, if I remember correctly, he didn't want to have kids until he was making at least 250K, um, which, uh, listen, I don't, I, I, can't with this. I think I he's cannot. just throwing a number out there to have an excuse not to be gung-ho about having children i think that's the bigger picture there but low-key i don't i just don't see him making that much money <laughs> I the just... bigger picture error for me they both have adult acne and they need to get some proactive i'm sorry so yeah i don't think he makes that much either i mean you know if you make it okay great you know congrats welcome to the club if she talks about she makes 450 i mean listen you do a commercial real estate whatever that's fine but don't don't shit on his if he's making 150 or whatever his salary, don't shit on that shit, you know? Talk about it's workable, it's doable. You're talking about building generational wealth and you want to be financially free. That's fine. You have set yourself up in the position to do that for whatever job you went into that could provide that type of income for you. Great, but you can't shit on him and make him feel less than because uh, he makes less than what you're making so um i think it's always i think with salaries especially these new people being newly married it's a touchy thing because someone can feel like you're making me feel you you can feel badly about certain things so you know um i straight forgot they had the conversation until you mentioned it to me because yeah, it was that you, much i was so tuned out for a good portion so of the episode by this episode well no by by them it's just something about them that kind of annoys me and I can't put my finger on it, is but it, next is week, it just them? it's just them. Next week, I definitely will let you know what their reason is. And next week, I also want to mention a new show that we've watched before, but it's called F Boy Island, and it's on HBO Max. So if you guys haven't checked it out, maybe check that out. We're on season two, um, and we'll come back and talk about that shit. But I think, husband, we have a jam packed episode this week. A whole lot of talking. We had a whole lot of things to discuss with you guys. So we appreciate you guys sharing an hour with us. You have 23 other hours to be with yourself. So be kind, be nice, and say hi to a stranger. And friends, until next time, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? 
<laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>